0: do yeah. Welcome to the after party. I'm a new voice. Who are you? I'm Julia. Oh, hello
1: Julia. It's Julia.
0: Um, I'm
1: Oh, that's Julia? Yeah. Oh, so Just weird. She's right there.
0: <laughs> I'm going to lead into the after party because Amanda is currently a puddle of emotions and mess on the floor because of Alonzo and oat cake. I can't. It was
1: hard to reposition her mic so she could lay on the floor it's and still impressive. speak. It's pretty impressive.
0: But Brandon did a really good job this but... arm bounces in four places.
1: Amanda, what are you feeling? How are you doing? Talk to y- you me. okay? Tell no. me about all the things.
2: No, bud. My fictional dog I once belonged to someone else, and I can't deal with it. I have an idea. Yeah.
1: Do you want Eric and Julia just to talk about wrestling so we don't have to talk about it? Yeah. Okay.
3: I will say... This was my plan all along. No, so it's not, true. So I it's not like I that. ruined, I decided to ruin Amanda. That's even
2: worse. You decided I'm sorry. To no, make... I don't
3: want to, no, you made like an emotional connection with this dog and I want you to know that I'm not like punishing you for loving Oatcake. No, cake. I know,
2: but it's worse because you gave me the thing to love that you knew would be taken away.
3: Well, we also did talk about this before, the way that you got Oatcake in the chase episode. I had a massive table of things that could have happened during the chase.
2: Oh no! I'm sure that this has been a long-standing like DM trick of yours, caper. (laughs) A little DM caper, a little DM long con, (laughs) a A little DM crime, a little DM crime of the heart, a little DM emotion crime. Do monsters? She's real mad at you
0: right now. (laughs) No, I
2: just I don't want my baby to be taken from me.
1: Did you always have a character named Lighthammer planned?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is what happened. When we started talking about bringing on guests, I definitely wanted Julia to come back because Cole was someone that we just really didn't get into because Tracy just like kind of wrecked shop, and now we actually have an artificer.
1: Understandably
3: Understandably did wreck shop. shop. Now like that we've gotten into the laws of robotics, it's definitely more in. But now that you are an artificer, it's like I always wanted to bring Cole back. So uh, I was thinking that we had this opportunity, and I wanted Alabaster to be finished. Somehow this thing is gonna come back, and Julia loves wrestling. I've recently gotten into like the idea of it, and just like I haven't really watched that much, but I've Uh, seen so much. He's just like how
0: it starts.
1: He's in bed at eleven in the morning. He's just like, huh, wrestling.
0: It's good. I can get into I
1: like that. It.
3: The creativity and like the line between real and fake is similar to the way that we deal with role playing. It's kind of like flipped. It's like role playing. You should believe it's fantasy, but it feels real. While wrestling is like it feels real, but it's definitely fake.
0: We call it the kayfabe. The
1: kayfabe. Yes. I'm sorry. What? It's fake.
0: Huh? What?
1: What? Huh? I thought that was just in the fantasy.
0: Thought, it's in the
1: fa- no, wrestling is real. In
3: fantasy wrestling. it's I it. thought,
0: thought creative was you. a sorcerer who I could kill. <laughs> they might be. I mean, we wish. We're pretty sure that Vince McMahon is a witch.
3: <laughs> That's entirely
0: possible.
2: So this is the deal, is that wrestlers are incredible athletes and the plots of the matches are predetermined. Yes. yes.
0: And they're also usually pretty great actors. Yes. Mm.
2: Because yeah, they, they have, have to, to sell the hits and the falls and the whole situation. And they
0: have to cut promos, which is basically like speeches that they make either in the ring by themselves or against an opponent uh, to kind of get you hyped for the matches. That right? It's
1: like is a soap opera fear. <laughs> oh. oh, no.
0: It's like a Titans
2: battle. It's like a battle of personalities. Yes. And the way that the things play out, like I argue Quidditch serves in Harry Potter, oh, is no. a stage mm. upon oh, no. which for interpersonal rivalries to be played out.
1: True. But you mean Quidditch as in like the fiction within the story, like the actual yes. f- physical novel. Yes. Yes. Not like the sport within the actual
3: fantasy world. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. That's why he doesn't have any good rules and right. why it always comes down to one person winning is so that it exemplifies right. Harry versus a specific right. person. Right. But Like,
2: do we think <laughs> that someone of Hamlet's Station would ever have been left alone in a castle like that? Uh, no. He definitely had a, like a livery and a manservant and a dresser and a nursemaid and and like, like 10 servants who never would have left that poor depressed boy alone.
0: That's true. <laughs> so
2: John Cena's a wrestler?
0: Yes, <laughs> Okay. he is. You wouldn't is that know though because you from? can't see him. <laughs> His time is He's now. He's invisible. But you can't He's always
3: invisible. So this is why I wanted to bring in Julia because I thought that this would be a really interesting way to reintroduce her and also to get you guys oriented within Infropolis and pulling a lot of different threads at the same time.
0: Do we have a name for the party yet? Oh shit!
3: I didn't say the name of the party. No. Yeah, it's
1: hunting party.
0: Oh no! Oh no!
1: Oh no! Are we? Do they hunt foxes, or are the foxes part of the party?
0: No, they hunt those foxes. Are boy. we? Hu-
1: are we hunting foxes and no? Like, a large group of rich white people? No. That's I not think, what's happening. I
2: think we're the hunted, buddy.
1: That's not good. Ruh, Ruh. I don't like that. Are we hunting Alonzo? That too. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Or is someone hunting Oak Oh, Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs>
2: also, Alonzo. God, I feel so bad. Oh, no. There's so many emotions.
1: Yeah, I did almost break his arm, which I do feel a little bad about.
2: I feel a little bit vindicated that there was um, some moment of recognition there you know that some moment of lucidity Julie and i actually recorded season two episode eight of waystation today our lost girl fan cast, where the protagonist has like a super saiyan moment of like rising up and have, having glowing eyes and talking with a demonic voice about how powerful she could be and all wielding Fay. anyway so it we like locked eyes when eric was describing alonzo's monologue like oh, what did he know?
3: <laughs> I've kind of laid out a lot of stuff that I've been working on in this campaign. I mean, how do you feel about what the speakers told you?
2: Oh, yeah, you mean that, like, world-changing exposition that happened at the beginning of the episode?
1: (laughs) Let's bold it out. What did she really tell us that we didn't already know?
2: Existential threat to the universe imprisoned by the stars. Called the Council of Bright.
1: It connected
3: the dots for you. I realize that you guys have had all of these pits of information, but you didn't know they were necessarily correlated anyway.
2: Yeah, we knew the stars were holding something together, right? Like, we knew that they were going out, obviously, because of Alonzo. We knew the Council of Bright predated much of what they should have. And now we know how all those things fit together.
1: And apparently this big bad evil possibly created my species? Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. You're an angel, an alien, something like that, my dude. Cool. I always (laughs) wanted to be an ancient alien angel.
3: You're some kind of interdimensional star child.
2: He's all eyes down there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think the only thing that you really learned was that, like, it was an astral prison which goes along with what Zaul showed you guys yeah. before, with the five people coming together and like putting the stuff in the sky.
1: I don't quite understand why Alonso was so just ravenously upset. You know what I mean? Was sure. I, he just totally yeah. upset about being locked in a room for the like the umpteenth time kind of thing?
2: I assume that there was some kind of inciting incident. That someone said something or maybe he saw us walking around. Or he returned back and there, there must have been something that either directly made him lose his cool or gave him information that he interpreted in a way that put him over the edge. Yeah. He also had that freaking encounter with the unicorn. And we didn't see him after that. So right. we don't know when that happened. You know, we don't know what happened in between then and now.
1: Someone's was like, cool arrows, bro. And he was like, I'll show you. And then it happened. Well, I mean, the thing with the
3: unicorn happened and then he went Super Saiyan. And now he has this aura around him.
2: So he's just been in that state since?
3: Yeah, you can only assume. The two times you've seen him going Super Saiyan was after the unicorn thing, where the unicorn wrecked his shit, and now now there's only one star left.
1: So he shot an arrow and left his room after the unicorn thing. Then the next time we saw him, he was back in the castle, right? Right. So we had no idea where he went and what he did? No. Interesting.
2: Or if he stayed that way, or if it happened again, we're not sure.
3: I would say that, remember the first time that he used the portal, another star went out. And now you're at one. Well. Just to connect one more of those dots.
1: So we're out of stars is what you're telling me? You have me? one more. <sighs> well.
2: Looks like we're going to be taking the the long road home from Infropolis, huh?
1: Yep. I'm just anyway, so of, the uh... Undertaker was also
2: a wrestler. He was.
3: <laughs> I also uh, just wanted to yell portals
2: is. this whole time like uh, Jason and the Good Place.
0: Portals. <laughs> <laughs> portals.
3: Hey, did you notice that Alonzo was a little bit different when yeah. he, like with his fights, big fights? Yeah, he, like, shot at us. Yeah. I always had this, but I've actually started building out Alonzo's character sheet for the first time. Oh. And he, I actually used the Arcane Archer subclass, which is in Xanathar's.
1: You have refused to tell me for a year and a half what his class and race is. (laughs) Yeah. So now you just drop it on me like it's nothing? Yeah. He's I mean, hu- we still so don't he's, know what his race is So he's, he's human.
3: He's, All
0: right. He's cool. human. Well,
1: he, yeah. So what are some of the like uh, special features? Maybe not for Alonzo, so you don't spoil anything. But like, oh, there's
3: run. stuff th- about Alonzo which is different, which we actually did not explore. Got it. Uh, Alonzo is like kind of super saiyan, so there's a lot of shit going on with him. But the Arcane Archer is really cool. So it actually in Xanathar's is based on magic arrows. So it's like these arrows are made through magic means, like the arrows he picked up in pool party.
1: Were they actually magic?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. So yeah. Whoops. Do I want to yeah. spill all? do I want to spill all this? I'm regretting my actions.
3: Yeah, fuck it. Um, yeah, so and a lot of this has been around Alanda trying to figure this out. And I think he finally has put it together, just like I've put it together from Xanathars. You get something called curving shot, which is what happened to an When you miss an attack roll with an arrow, you can use a bonus action to re roll against a different target. Yeah, so, why it, it aura, so why it hit an so why did it hit an Extremely rude. (laughs) Oops. Uh, The Arcane Archer can also use these magic shots, which is a lot of the stuff Alonzo has done. He's used the banishment stuff before. Like, he did the the ooze, and then he did it to Tracy. Um, There was that arrow that, like, took a hard right that one time, and Mm -hmm. that was another one that, like, tracks things. So he has some magic shots that we actually haven't really gotten into, and then he's also a fighter, so he has action surge, he has second wind, he has all this cool stuff.
1: Which I forgot to ask about. So... He banishes people to Zayul's realm. That
2: wasn't Zayul's realm. Some kind of unearthly, transitory place.
1: Do you want
3: me to tell you where where you were? Yeah, I want you to tell me. Yeah, you went to the Feywild.
0: (laughs) Oh,
1: who is laughing? Uh, the, fey. the the fey, the magic elves that live there. They all laughed at you.
2: What are the fey wild? What is it? For maybe that's someone who doesn't know what the fey wild is, <laughs> you should explain that. Hypothetically, in the in the distance, in some place. Uh, the fey wild certainly is certainly not your player who plays an elf. Well, uh, hey Amanda, what's in, what's the fey? Well, you can listen to episode one hundred of spirits. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's a link
1: right. Wait, up in the right hand corner now.
2: The fey is an umbrella term for all kinds of kind of otherworldly or extraworldly creatures. Julia, tell me.
0: Hey, we have someone who does like a lot of well, mythological hey. history stuff. Hey, how's how's wild? Wild? What's the wild? It's basically the Fey are a type of spirit usually from a culture that has been influenced by Christianity to the point where they needed to take their deities and make them not gods anymore. Ah. Um, so usually the fae, if we're going from the like English, Irish, Scottish terminology, they are powerful spirits who kind of fuck around with human affairs sometimes.
1: Powerful spirits, wink, 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 wink,
0: wink, wink. wink. They like, like whiskey. whiskey. And booze.
1: Oh, I meant what? I meant like your podcast. I know it's I all know. the same. <laughs> it's all the
3: same. Well, yeah, he's used that before, so I thought that would be fun to send Tracy there.
1: So just some jerk was laughing at me,
3: like the the spirits in the, the Feywild. It yeah. was
0: over. He was just like, "Ha oh, you idiot!" It's fun. very mean. Fun. They're very yeah. mean. They're kind of dicks. Why are they so mean?
3: Because they're magic people. It's Do anything. Because to them.
2: Christianity has to subvert local deities into demons in order to establish yeah. dominance.
0: As Amanda likes to say, "Lol, it's pagan. It's fine."
2: Yep. <laughs> Hey, Julia. Hey. How'd
0: you like
3: being a player again?
0: I like being a player. I have a campaign with some folks over um, Skype call because they're all in California, so it's nice to actually sit at a table and get to play again. This is our table. Watch me very slowly
2: eat a bento box in between between lines. That's the
1: experience you don't get over Skype. (laughs) That's true. So what was the difference of like when you were on previously and Eric sort of fed you lines or like um, sort of put you on rails a little bit versus this experience now?
0: I mean, I think I have more experience actually playing now. So getting to play Cole and like having a little bit of just like knowing where the plot is going, but also being able to kind of do what I want with it, a lot more fun. Not that it wasn't fun the first time. Eric. No, it's totally different yeah, it
2: must
3: though. Have
0: been a year ago though. Yeah,
3: it was. It was just kind of a joke at the time that we. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, let's shove Julia into that tiny studio yep. we were in, and I just wanted I sat
0: on a desk. Yeah. yeah,
3: we just wanted her there just to have some fun. So like now, Cole has a character sheet for the yeah. first time, which is tight as hell. Cole
0: has one and Al has one. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, Al has a character sheet where his class and race just says wrestle boy. <laughs>
1: oh, I love Alabaster so much. What is Alabaster? Is he He's technically
0: base... a construct.
1: So is he like Warforged-esque or like where do the stats come from?
0: So the stats when you create a construct as an artificer, which you level can do six. at level six, um, uh, okay. you can take the stats, I think, from any like large beasts. I think it's challenge
1: it? rating two or lower. So what yeah.
3: we did, I didn't like what the artificer had for Cole. Mm-hmm. Because the artificer is just unearthed arcana and they just have the alchemist, which is like very sort of plague doctor. And then we have the straight up gunsmith, which is what Tracy is okay. running with, yeah. which is also like run and gun. It fit with the Mega Man-esque thing that Tracy was trying to do, which I really liked. It didn't really fit with what I wanted for Cole. Sure. So we made some changes um, instead of her class archetype stuff, I gave her some magic items that we steampunked out.
0: Which shall be revealed later because I uh, want it to be a surprise. Yes. It's
1: all cloaks. They're all super gay cloaks.
3: Yeah, just pretty much.
0: It's all gay clothing. It's really weird.
3: And she still has her gun. There was that yes. gun that she had. I did when have we... a thunder cannon. Yeah, but it's not as good as Tracy's.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you for making my ego intact.
3: Well, no, because you're a gunsmith and she is not.
0: Well, right? I think it's also important to note... I'm a lower level than you guys. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, I'm a yeah. level six. I'm level 10, and Tracy is
2: broken down right. into two parts. Level five Barbarian, level five Artificer.
0: You yeah. guys went out into the Ooh. world and got experience. Nicole was like, mur, mur, mur. I made a construct. I'm being a wrestler.
1: So the campaign that you're running with the folks in California, mm-hmm. is that your first, like, this is your second campaign second, that you've
0: ever played? Second, because we did uh, one with Eric and Eric Schneider and my now husband, Jake, and Amanda. and Me. That was all of us, right? The one where I made Julia
3: cry. Yeah, like within our
0: fifth thing because someone couldn't show up and you're like, we're doing a side plot. Also, your dad is now a monster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cool, thanks. That is what happened. It was very good. How is playing d d different on Mike with us at his table versus... Um, over a mic over a mic but not
0: for
2: podcasts I mean it
0: it feels very similar because you guys are my friends and it's just like we're all hanging out I feel like my actions have more consequence now (laughs) though
1: you can break our world
3: now
0: I can I could break your world I know the mythology I know how to break it Yeah,
3: (laughs) it's already been broken plenty of times. times before
0: Anyway, it's a lot of fun, though. I'm really enjoying it. That's... Good.
3: We love having you here. And we'll get you for the next episode as well.
2: <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Well, Brandon, tell me what new features came with your double level five. Well, snake eyes.
1: Snake eyes. That, so That's not snake eyes. <laughs> no, it's not.
3: So I leveled both of you up, too. So Anari, you're taking two more levels in Rogue. But Brandon, you're taking two more levels in Artificer. So, Anara is now a level 10 rogue and Brandon is now 5 levels in barbarian and 5 levels in artificer.
1: Correct. So, with level 4 and 5 I get an ability score improvement which I've added to my intelligence and something uh <laughs> check that out. Most important intelligence. I also get infused magic, superior attunement, and wondrous invention. Dude, yes.
2: infused yes. magic is
0: so much fun. It's very
1: yeah. Dope. So infused magic is the ability that I can take a non-magic item, so like I don't know a rock or like a stick. Yeah, and uh, infuse it with a spell I have. So I can take well, I don't know like cure wounds. I can make it a curing wounds rock and Ooh, give it away spell to someone. Bombs. This is
0: literally a Hello from the Magic Tavern thing <laughs> where he has healing rocks where he just throws them at the people <laughs> and they heal.
1: Exactly. That's exactly it.
3: The only way you heal stuff with your sawbone and now your healing rock is by hurting people to eh, get, them, a metaphor. To, to a get metaphor.
1: them
2: to heal. Damn, all right. So <laughs> that's really
1: fun. And it's metaphor uh, for
2: therapy, Julia. you got to really just make dig into the hurt a little bit to get better. That's fair.
1: And I also have wondrous Invention, which... Uh, I'm going to wait until we get to it or it comes up in the story to talk about what I've made. But um, also the next big things for Tracy is to learn and really master the building of things like him.
2: Yeah.
3: Listen, you're going to be, you, since you're <laughs> at level five in Artificer and Cole is level six, you're going to eventually get to build a companion like Alabaster. Mechanical servant,
0: while. I think, is the actual like terminology from Earth, rickana yeah yep. which is a shitty title because they don't <laughs> have to be a servant
1: that's true and also a attunement is dumb so we don't do it bye, yeah. bye. we want as many magic items as possible <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I um, got a little cool thing that can happen in combat. As a rogue, one of the things I've had is called cunning action, where I can, as my bonus action in combat, dash, hide, or disengage, which normally would be an action. In my case, it's now qualifies as a bonus action. But now, at level 10, um, I have fast hands, which means that I can use that special bonus action to make a dex check, to use my thieves' tools to disarm a trap or open a lock, or... To take the use an object action, Eric is shaking his head you just so got mad. So, hands. It's so sick.
3: I'm or so i Or got those
2: rogue hands. Or
1: you can set up a shell game on the side of the street. <laughs> and <laughs> I also- can do
2: that too. We just go full Neil Caffrey. <laughs> I can also play in a shell game and doing a dex check. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, so this is so
3: I this is so bad for me. So you can use Mr. Sippy as a bonus action. Oh yeah. And then do an attack. That's wild. Or you can like crack open a lock and then do an attack. Or in the other way, you can punch someone in the face and then back away and then unlock a door.
1: Well so just, we just so the, much it is yeah. just like you do yeah. in regular life. You punch someone in the face and then unlock the door.
2: <laughs> <It's> back away, <laughs> then unlock the door.
1: Right. It's it's pretty wild. That's exciting though.
2: Yeah, it is cool. I always want to like cram more actions into my turns than I can. I'm I'm obviously more of a like crafty person than I am a puncher. So this is exciting for me. And got some ability score improvements, a little bit of HP. You know how it goes. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: What's your HP now? Seventy. Ah, meant ninety-seven. I think. All right. right. Oh, you're up
3: there.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Which, when I'm raising, means it's one hundred ninety-six. Ninety-two.
2: Four. We all got that. Four. Wrong. Yeah.
1: <laughs> was what like, did you say? Are see, all of my things
2: see, wrong? It's a metaphor for teamwork where Eric and I, if you average them out, are correct. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, man. I'm really excited to have these guests. I know that. It, it's is a new opportunity we're trying to seize and like the fact that I get to play with Julia more and we're gonna have more special guests coming and it's just gonna like move our story outwards I also like having more people I can help You know, like giving you NPC lines just makes me feel like I'm controlling more people so I can do dumb Gordo light hammer (laughs) shit, which is
0: a lot of fun, which is
3: fun for me. And I like moving the story forward, but I don't I don't necessarily want to shape the plot necessarily. Like I have points A, B and C, but I don't want to tell you how to get from one point to another point to another point.
2: You want to play in the space without you know, breaking the house or putting on a new room every time.
3: Exactly. So now we're going to have more guest players who are rotating in to mess with my world and I'm very excited about that.
1: Can you uh, maybe give us a little bit of a hint of of what point A, B, and C is? A a
2: little hinty Oh,
3: You mean other than the exposition block you put at the beginning
2: of this episode?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this one's called Hunting Party. Who are you hunting? Who's hunting
1: you?
2: Oh. Da-da-da. The falcon cannot hear the falconer.
3: Man, it would be pretty bad if that last star went out.
2: Well. (laughs) It would. (laughs) Let's go to some questions from the audience. (laughs) I'm scared.
3: Uh, This one is from Siobhan McManus. Listening to join the party has opened my eyes to the wonderful world of D&D and encouraged me to want to try it out. So her roommate has also expressed interest in being a DM for a campaign with her and then two to three other friends want to be players, but everyone is super busy. They have been thinking that they can co-DM together. Do you think that this has worked? Uh, she wants to help out her friend, and she thinks that it'll be super fun to collaborate on an awesome story. And two people splitting the work would be dope, but I've she's never heard of two DMs doing it at the same time and wants to know our insights and ideas. Uh, thank you so much for all that you do. I love doing the party so much and it always makes me laugh and smile even on my stressful days. Thank you for your question, Siobhan. And you know, I have actually heard of co DMing, but I've only heard it in like. Whispers.
2: <laughs> with in-, in notes passed between people at night.
3: With intertwining games. In
2: Thieves Can't Etched on Defense Posts. <laughs>
3: so it's. I'm just gonna Very keep going to sparkly emojis. <laughs> so it's going to be. It's like two different DMs are running two parties, and then eventually they're going to do one big game with everybody Ooh, together. crossover. But I don't think that. Co DMing would be too hard as long as you two communicate about exactly the kind of game you want to play. Like it would be shifting tone would be the thing that I would be really difficult for me. I think it actually
1: be super fun if you got two people that were uh, had different like narrative styles, for lack of a better word. Like those tunnel shifts might be interesting. Like you might have to do like two or three sessions with one person and then switch over to two or three sessions and not maybe flip back and forth every time, but it could be
2: fun. it could also be interesting to have one person to like lean into your competencies and the things that excite you the most. So maybe one person loves designing challenges but couldn't care less about Uh, weaving those into a longer plot arc. So maybe you have like tag team DMing where, you know, if one person's super busy and has to, you know, go a certain week, then it's good to have coverage. But if both of you are present at most of the sessions and one person is like, okay, roll for initiative, like runs out of your seat and, you know, your friend jumps in, that could be cool to have someone else there to, you know, you're both observing, you're both taking notes, you both understand the full context of the world, but you get to focus in preparation on the stuff that really interests you the most. I imagine it'd be hard to have only one person Present at each session and to switch off that way. But I'm sure that with note taking and communication, it could work. Like, don't be scared that no one's done it before. You figure out what's best for you.
3: I think as long as you have like a shared binder or you all work from the same Google Doc so you can like write down all of the names, make sure you have all the stats of the stuff that you need in front of you, you could definitely make it work. Siobhan, go do it. You got it.
2: Do some experiments and write us back and tell us how it goes. Yeah,
3: I want to hear. This one is from uh, Kay. Uh, Hi, I've been loving your podcast. It has been my main introduction to D&D other than hearing about it from friends. I also love the story. I really want to play D&D, but my dad won't let me because he thinks it's, quote, too immersive in a fantasy world and the characters become too much a part of you and it's addictive. I really want to try it out with my friends. Any idea of how I can convince him that I should be able to at least try it? Loving your podcast. Kay.
2: I think this is a great question, but a, but something that's hard. It's hard to express to someone else what something like this could mean to you. And I think that your dad is getting at something that is true of stories. Like for me, stories are really helpful because they let me lose myself, right? Like Like I can get out of my own head, my own worries, my own life, and experience the emotions and excitement of someone else's story. But those stories do live with me and the the things that I feel like I'm doing or the lessons that I, I see and experience someone else learning inform my own life. And that, I think, is the best part, not just of playing a character in a game like this, but of reading books or seeing movies, whatever it is, is that it's a, a way for me to try out other ways of being and to see other people and to learn to empathize with them and without being so connected to novels and to TV shows and to stories like my characters enjoying the Party, I would find it a lot harder to be empathetic and to connect with other people in the world. It's a muscle that you exercise, getting into someone else's head, thinking of their story, thinking about what might motivate their choices. And that makes you a better person, period.
1: I think a lot of fear that people feel for anything is just comes from the unknown. So, if there's a tactful way that you can show your dad, maybe some good D and D media, maybe something like Dan Harmon's harm Quest might be good. Even something like *Stranger Things*, which is basically just a D and D game. *Gravity Falls*, Amanda's a fan of. Maybe you play a board game and you role play a little bit. Maybe you play Monopoly. Maybe you play Clue and you. He's a
2: silly voice, right? Like lean voice. into it a little bit. Be like, Oh, well, I don't want to let you buy my house and you know, whatever it might be. It's, it's just these little, these little steps that it is a lot like we talk about this all the time. It's so intimidating to look at something like a D and D campaign people do for six years and be like, Oh, that's something that I can start. Um, but I think Brandon's suggestion is a good one to kind of start with little drips and see, um, what his reaction might be.
3: You can also go on the official Dungeons and Dragons website. I mean, it's like a real company now. It's, it's not like it's just being made in somebody's basement this is Wizard of the Coast is a part of the Hasbro Corporation they have a lot of ways to introduce people to it so if you go on the Dungeons and Dragons website there's a tab that says new to D&D and then there's a thing that says what is D&D so you can show this real company website to him and there's also this really great video from Vox about explaining what exactly Dungeons and Dragons is it's called Dungeons and Dragons Explained and uh, you can show that to him I mean there's a lot of it's Dungeons and Dragons becoming increasingly mainstream here, and uh, uh, showing how normal the game is. Uh, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is is just a game. Helping people remember that it's just a game might uh, make your dad more flexible.
2: Something I was never able to do as a kid is to ask my parents questions. It felt like their word was the law. And any kind of rebellion I felt or problem I had with it, I could either completely disobey or completely obey. And that was just, you know, my own nervousness or or just being in my own head about it. But now something that I I always remind myself because it's not a natural instinct for me is to ask questions. Like when someone has an opinion or says something that I'm like, oh, wait, I don't agree with that. My first instinct is to say, no, this is why that's wrong. Or, hey, this is what you don't understand about me. But it is. A lot more productive, I'm finding, and I'm trying to remember to say, why do you think that? Or what are you worried might happen? Or is there something I can explain to you or give you more detail on that you're not clear about? And just in a really low stakes way, with no expectation, make my voice really calm, you know, and and ask those questions. It sounds kind of basic, but it's something that I am continually at 27 and beyond learning how to do. Um, because so often the problem is not that someone mistrusts me or thinks that I'm evil or wants me to suffer. It's that there's just a gap of information that if you you know ask the right way and like choose the right key, you know, you can unlock.
1: The right key is C major.
2: Oh. <laughs> Silly. Well, we're not quite sure what's going to happen next, but we are excited to have you along for the journey here in our brand spankin' new arc. Now, it is a wonderful time to get other people involved, rope them along, make them listen, make them care as much as we do, as much as I do. About make them do it. Oatcake and this whole world. We have a really easy way for you to do that, which is to send jointhepartypod.com slash start to a friend who should start the show. They can stream the beginner episode there. They can listen to the character intros and the world intro and use the catch-up episodes to really speed through all those episodes. If they don't want to binge them all, they can get caught up on the plot in like 15 minutes. So it is jointhepartypod.com slash start. Our Patreon community at patreon.com slash join the party pod is the mysterious orange nuclear reactor core of this podcast. Your financial support helps us keep the show going and your emotional support and your presence in the discord and your just being there when we post our npc backstories, when we post our blooper reels, when we post our early episodes for our legend level patrons to get the show a day before the rest of the world, it's just the greatest thing. And if you want to join, you can do that at patreon.com/join the party pod for as little as a dollar. We really Really appreciate it.
3: Patreon's very good.
2: Patreon is very good. <laughs> Patreon is like multi-classing in business and art. You- <laughs> That's true. You can have that one for free. There you go. All right, and uh, Eric's very good at Twitter. At Join the Party Pod, you gotta follow us. <laughs>
3: I did a very good mountain goat specific tweet today. I'm very proud of it.
2: I don't know if there was more of an audience for that than just Eric and myself, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, and until uh, next time. Bye guys. You can't
0: see me. My time is now.
3: (laughs) You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Is
1: that a John Cena thing? Yeah. Cool.
0: John Cena. You just wave your hand in front of your face,
2: and that's a wrestling joke.
1: I'm John Cena.
0: Anyway. Oh. ah, ah. Jorts. Jorts. (laughs) Correct.